This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose, Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN bad Am I analyst. Fresh and clean? So uh, fresh, yeah, and fresh and clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that okay. tie today. Yeah, I like, did, like a did, Yankee I, did I see Joe press. Fortenbaugh with Colin and Joe this week wear a vest to do radio? Did I see that? Did that happen this we week? Loves we can find out right he now. Loves, he loves he the vest us. with no jacket. He that is that is a signature look for Joe Fortenbaugh. Twelve p to three p yeah. Eastern here on ESPN Radio. My Carlin wife tells me to Joe. look out for guys that wear the vest with no jacket. Does she? Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's very suspect. Joe, are you very shady? Smalls, he's a smart one. <laughs> so you're co-signing that, Smalls? Well, I don't know, Joe Fortenbaugh. What do you have to say about this vest? Well, it's a pleasure to be with you guys as always. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a way to start this show. Um, I, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> that me wearing the suit on radio is nothing more than not having enough time to make the transition over to TV afterwards. That's it. It's strictly convenience because what has happened as I start to learn my way around Bristol, and I'm not there yet. I'll be moving there next week, is that people have gotten uncomfortable with the idea of me leaving radio going all the way up to DC2, which is the building with all the TV studios, and I park my car out there, and I've been changing in the parking lot. Quick change. Mm. Changing out of my clothes, putting on the suit in the lot, and then I come in. Uh, Frowned upon at Disney. People don't want you getting halfway butt naked out there to get changed (laughs) in 30-degree temperatures. So I just put the suit on before radio. Nothing suspect about it. But lots of suspect activity apparently happening out in that parking lot. Um, you know, let me ask you one wow. other, uh, one other <laughs> wow. follow-up. Hey, 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 hey. you yeah. asked, okay? You asked, pal. <laughs> one other follow-up on, on, on your life. Did I hear uh, you and your wife had beef over the Eagles-Bills game? Is that correct this past No, weekend? no, no. That's the thing. No beef. So many people think there's beef. She's Bills Mafia. That's, she's born and raised outside Buffalo. I'm, I was born and raised an hour north of Philadelphia, so I'm an Eagles fan. We handle this very well. And they had the game last week, and we have two young boys, six and four, and they tend to root for both teams. And in this household, that's okay. I'm not telling them to root against Buffalo. They're a fun team. And she's not telling them to root against the Eagles. So when they play, okay. I, I just, you know, I'll keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to cause any problems. They were all very supportive. That whole side of the family was very supportive when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years back. I would like to be able to return that favor assuming it's not against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think that's fair. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure about this. All right. Let's get into some of the picks in the games this weekend. Joe, we've been starting off every conversation every week with the interim coach bump theme. It works. It's something that has proven to actually be true over the course of time. Are we willing to go there with the Carolina Panthers this weekend? Plus five on the road at Tampa after Frank Reich was fired. Market certainly is. This game was sitting six and got bet down to five and a half, five. And that's not the public deciding that they suddenly want to get behind the Panthers, right? No one in the public is going to look at that game and play Carolina. So, yeah, I think there's something to this. Two key reasons. Number one, let's look at Tampa Bay. They've been a favorite in only three of 11 games this year and never more than three points. Now, all of a sudden, they're laying five and a half. Now, it is Carolina, don't get me wrong, but this is kind of uncharted territory for a team that hasn't played very well this year. On top of that, we have seen with the dead coach bounce, Carolina went through this last year. They got rid of Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes did a really good job with that team. They went 6-6 six and six under Wilkes over the final 12 games. So they've shown the ability to be resilient before. And then on top of that, if you go back to last year when Reich was run out of Indianapolis, Jeff Saturday took over. And as a four-and-a-half-point dog, they immediately went to the Raiders here in Las Vegas and won that game outright. So we've seen it happen. 
post-Reich firing. We've seen it happen in a post-Carolina firing. And then we saw it with the Raiders earlier this year when they got rid of McDaniels and played well that following week. So, yeah, I'd be looking to Carolina here. Great question. Very rare great question from Evan Cohen. Oh, thank you. Joe, once we get to this time of the year, the games that I like to actually get some action on are the ones where both teams are actually playing for something. And I guess that the, the, the perfect example of that would be the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. This is a de facto playoff elimination game. Now, it was at three and a half yesterday in the Texans' favor. I think it's been bet down to three now in some places. How do you see that game? What's your read and what's the play? Fascinating game. Fascinating game here because a lot of times we get caught up with the Philadelphias, the San Francisco's, the Dallas's. This, this is a great matchup. Two teams that are playing really good football, two teams that are trending in the right direction. So we saw it go to three and a half, which is big because we talk about that key number of three. And then eventually the Denver money came in. That was yesterday. So that moved it back to three. I would love to give you a play here. I have not figured it out yet. On one hand, I really like what Houston has done this year. I believe they're 3-1 and one coming off a loss this season. They perform well in that spot. They're well coached. They're resilient. But now you're starting to lay significant points against good teams. You know, Denver's been playing with fire in some of these matchups, but they're finding ways to win games. They're scoring on offense. Russell Wilson, 20 TDs to four INTs, career high completion percentage, 68%. You know, he's not out there slinging the ball all over the field like Joe Burrow would, but he's very efficient. And then on top of that, the Denver defense gets better each and every week. So haven't done anything yet. Slight lean to Denver with the points because it feels like more of a toss-up, but I don't know if I'm going to get there. Joe, you said some people are caught up in the San Francisco-Philly game. That's me. That's where I'm caught yeah. up. I can't understand how San Francisco is favored to win this game. I think our FPI has them at a 55% chance on the road in Philly. What's the play here? How do you view this one? So this is all about situational handicapping. So I think a small your sentiments about this game and the spread, I think a lot of people are looking at this saying, how is 10-1 Philadelphia catching points at home, catching this many points at home? Let's look at the spot. San Francisco's got 10 days to get ready for this game. They played last Thursday. They beat up on Seattle. They're rested. They're healthy. Canty can tell you all about what the extra rest is like. Conversely, Philadelphia's in a very different situation. They play a Monday night game against Kansas City where they lay it all on the line. Following week, it's a short turnaround against Buffalo. It goes overtime. Orlovsky was talking about this yesterday. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if I have the number exactly right, but I believe he said the Eagles were on the field for 92 plays in that game, which is the most of any team in the NFL this season. So a Monday night game at Arrowhead, followed by that many plays in overtime against Buffalo, followed by San Francisco. That is a really tough spot to show up, especially for a team that's 7-1 and one in one-score games and has been playing with fire. Market is sitting three across the board. That's where we've seen Eagle money is at three. I don't know if it goes to three and a half, but if you like the Niners, you probably have to find a way to do better than three, and I don't know if that, that opportunity is out there. I do lead in the San Francisco at two and a half or better, but again, not a huge play for me. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Bet Analyst, co-host Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time, ESPN Radio, ESPN Bet Live, weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Joins us here on Sportsmanlike, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joe, when we think about college football this weekend, we think about all of the different possibilities. You did some homework. I give you credit on this. And you, you actually <laughs> went out there and talked to people about hypothetical matchups involving FSU if they were to make it. Can you walk us through what you learned and why that may influence your picks this weekend? 
Ed Sammons is a good friend of mine. He's one of the bookmakers at the Westgate here in Las Vegas. Very sharp book. They've done a great job. They originate lines. They're not just copying a sports book's lines that are put up and then they post them. They sit down. They put the work in themselves. So I reached out to him this week and I said, Ed, can I get hypotheticals on these four matchups? Now, here's something to keep in mind. I'm going to give you these numbers of four teams against Florida State and what he would make it. But that's what he would make it right now, okay? Because, for example, I'll give you this one. He's got Alabama minus 10 over Florida State. Now, if Alabama beats Georgia this weekend, it's not going to be minus 10 next week. It's going to be bigger than that because we have a new data point where Alabama beat Georgia. So keep that in mind. These are numbers based on where we stand right now. He's got Georgia minus 14 over Florida State. 14. Michigan minus 13 over Florida State, Alabama minus 10, Oregon as well, minus 10 over Florida State. The point of this exercise for me was to show that while Florida State is very deserving because they're currently undefeated and they could be a Power 5 conference champion with an undefeated record, if we're talking about the four best teams in the country, they are not one of the four best teams. And that's always the argument. Best teams versus most deserving. If Florida State gets in after beating Louisville and they're the most deserving, I understand. That criteria checks the boxes. But don't get upset if they get rolled in the first game because in the eyes of Vegas, this Florida State team without their starting quarterback doesn't match up to the other power teams. Joe, the Chiefs are on the road in Lambeau Field. Pat Mahomes' first visit to the historic Lambeau Field. Now, they've looked vulnerable over their last couple of ball games, and conversely, Green Bay feels like they're getting hot at the right time. One, two straight, three out of four. The Chiefs are laying six points in this spot. How do you read this game? I look to Green Bay here. A couple things I want to bring up. Number one, it, sh- it looks like it's going to be 25 degrees for this game Oof. at Lambeau. So, cold game, total sitting at 42. That's a relatively low total. So you're telling me in what could be a low scoring game, I can have six points with the home team. That's intriguing. On top of that, Kansas City, as good as they've been this year, they're not necessarily blowing people out like we've seen in the past. They're very good in the first half when it comes to scoring, but they're one of the worst in the NFL in the second half. They tend to throttle back if they have a big lead. They run the ball. They try to get the hell out of there. On top of that, look at what we've seen from Green Bay the last few weeks. Signs of life. Offense is getting better. But you got to ask yourself, that performance against Detroit, how much of that was that lousy Lions defense, and how much of it is Green Bay taking steps in the right direction? Probably a little bit of both. I find myself wanting the points with the Packers. Joe, my friend, it's that time of the conversation. What's our wink-wink play of the weekend? Okay, so I got a lot of college stuff here I like. For example, I like the under in Oregon-Washington tonight. Washington's offense hasn't been the same. First six weeks of the season, 44 points per game. Last six weeks of the season, 31 points per game. Oregon's defense has been better. Uh, Hint on this one. If you like Oregon to win, you should probably play Bo Nix to win the Heisman right now. He's right around minus 180 to minus 200. They win that game tonight. Those prices aren't going to exist come tomorrow morning. Wink, wink game of the week. The official wink, wink game of the week is a very specific play. Texas to score over 34 and a half points in tomorrow's Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State. Mm. Why? We're just going to play their team total, so we're going to bet them to score 35 or more points. Texas is the first game out tomorrow morning. They're before Georgia and Alabama. They're before Michigan and Iowa. They're before Florida State and Louisville. They have no idea what's going to happen behind them. All they can do is the best to impress the committee with their game. 
So I think they're going to run up the score here. I don't think they can throttle back. They got to put up as many points as humanly possible. Oklahoma State's probably going to be a willing participant in that. Let's be honest with the way they played defense in a few games this season. Wink, wink, game of the week. Texas team total over 34 and a half points. I'm pretty disappointed in you with that one. I got to be honest with you. That's too obvious of a game. You should have gone with New Mexico State and Liberty. Normally, the games that we see you pick for the wink, wink games are the ones that nobody is actually talking about. People are talking about that game. That game's going to be on ABC tomorrow at noon Eastern, Joe. I'm very disappointed in that pick by you. Well, let me ask you something. Do yes. we have the standard 60 games this week, or do we have no, five games fair, this week? Fair. Well, that's why I'm saying the one you should have picked was New Mexico State and Liberty. Obviously, your, your you, winking is not working. You may need I glasses. Could give you, I could give you Boise minus the two and a half over UNLV if you like that. Boise, since they fired Andy Avalos, the locker room has come right back together. They look fantastic. You can go ahead and you can lay the two and a half there. I don't know what you want me to do. Make games up. I mean, what is this? That. Yeah, Miami of Ohio against Toledo. That feels more, more <laughs> wink, wink. Maction, yeah, little yeah, maction. Little maction more, that's what CC bets on now. He has the maction on ESPN Bet on Tuesdays during the season. Joe, thank you so much. Have a good show today at noon Eastern. Always a pleasure, everybody. Thanks for having me on. You guys are killing it. All right, there's Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Bet at 6 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. And then, of course, he's got Carlin versus Joe, or before then, Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern. It was too obvious of a game, right? The wink, wink game is a game that nobody's actually talking about. But in about. Joe's defense, like he said, we don't have the normal slate of games. Exactly. But then he gave you other games. That's, that shows you he didn't really work hard enough for this show. Wow. Just saying. Just saying. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Bowl season is looming. Tune in tonight for the Pac-12 championship game presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Just a phenomenal weekend of football upcoming with all the college football championship games starting tonight with Washington and Oregon, of course, and then tomorrow with a big one in Alabama and Georgia, and then going into Sunday where you got San Francisco and Philadelphia, but it really got going last night with Dallas's win, 41-35, over the Seattle Seahawks, 14 games in a row at home for the Cowboys. Seattle now riding a three-game losing streak, potentially could be on the outside looking in of the postseason. When you think about the NFC wildcard with Minnesota, Green Bay is in the mix as well now playing much better obviously they have the Chiefs this weekend but then after that a relatively easy schedule and Dak Prescott guys is now right in the mix along with Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and Tua for the MVP after another good performance last night three touchdowns and a game-winning drive down five points in the fourth quarter at home yeah, no doubt. I mean, Dak, Dak is playing phenomenal football right now. I mean, the throw that he had to CeeDee Lamb, the touchdown in the red zone, that's T 
teach tape for young quarterbacks. They teach you in the red zone, helmet or higher to your receivers because you don't want to throw it in the traffic. You don't want to throw it in the teeth of the defense. Put it in a place where only your guy has a chance to make a play on it. And C.D. Lamb, of course, being an all-pro receiver, did that. But I think Dak showed a conscious effort to feed number 88 early and often, and that's a part of being a good quarterback. But he also recognized opportunities to get the ball to his other playmakers. Jake Ferguson on the go-ahead drive that they had in the fourth quarter. Brandon Cook showed up several times in last night's ballgame. So I think Dak Prescott is spreading the wealth and he's seeing the entire field. There were countless occasions last night where Kirk Herbstreet was breaking it down and talking about how Dak, when his first and second read and his progression were gone, he would go to the opposite side of the formation, the opposite side of the field. And that's when you know that it's next-level quarterback play. And so that that is a welcome sign for Cowboys fans in terms of what the potential ceiling for this team might be. But I also think about what's going on with the game management aspect of his balls. And last night, Mike McCarthy showed up in not the most flattering of ways. And so I think that would be the one thing that holds me back from calling the Cowboys a true contender right there with the likes of the Eagles and the 49ers in the NFC. The thing that's holding me back is I feel like even though the Seattle Seahawks are a good team, I haven't seen the Dallas Cowboys beat a great team yet. I haven't seen them beat a San Francisco 49ers. I haven't seen them beat a Philadelphia Eagles yet, which they'll have the opportunity to do next weekend. And you're right, Dak's playing like an MVP. He is playing... Probably the best football that we've ever seen him play. He's accurate. He is taking care of the football. I think he's had two turnovers in the past seven games, I believe it is. He seems so confident in himself, so comfortable in his skin. This is the gear that we always wanted to see from Dak Prescott. But this MVP conversation, does it stop in its tracks next week if they lose to the Eagles? Yeah, it's done. Yeah, he's got to beat Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the favorite right now. I think he's got the shortest odds at plus 160. And then Dak Prescott is like, what, plus 450, something like that. Pat Mahomes is plus 400. So Dak is third, Mahomes is second, Jalen Hurts by far and away is number one. So in order to close the gap, if you're Dak, you got to win head-to-head against the Eagles. And listen, I'm not saying he's got to win the division, but the NFC East division crown has to come down to week 18 because the last time we saw a non-division winner win the MVP, I think was Adrian Peterson in 2012. So, I mean, like that, that just shows to show you, you have to go above and beyond if you don't win the division to win the MVP. But if you are in the mix to win your division and you have the kind of numbers that Dak is putting up and your team has the flashy record with double-digit wins – then you've got a shot. And that's what ESPN Bet is telling us right now, that Dak Prescott has a really good chance at winning MVP. I don't know that we've ever had this conversation around Dak Prescott. He's going to finish the season most likely with a 4-1 to touchdown interception ratio. He has 26. That's Rodgers territory. Yeah, he, has, Rogers territory. he has 26 touchdowns now and six interceptions. So he has five games left, right? Nine and three, five games left. No. How many touchdowns do you think he's going to have in those five games? Just blindly, what would you say? Ooh, I would probably say I'd put the bar at 10. Okay, so let's put him at 36. And how many picks? I don't know. Let's three? say two or three, yeah. So that's 36 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Exactly good, four to that's one. That's a good season. That's, that's a heck of a season. How many QB – not whether or not he's the MVP, right? Because I think we're going to say that next week is really dependent on that. But how many QBs would you say right now in the NFL are definitively playing better football currently? Not career, not in the future. Currently than Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts, right? I would Putting agree him with in that. that I would agree with that, yeah. Um, Dan Orlovsky would argue Josh Allen. <laughs> I can't go I mean, there. How? Brock Purdy. 
Mahomes, but he's had. I mean, I have to pull it out. How many turnovers has Mahomes? Had yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it's not. A, it's not. It's not a very long list. It's not a very long list. Like Dak is, you know, so top, worst case scenario, top, top three, five. top four. Oh, better than that. Top three, top four. I think. I mean, he's right there, one and two, with Brock Purdy and QBR overall this season. Like, I mean, they're right there. So, I mean, I, again, Dak is is playing really, really good football. But is that going to be enough for this Cowboys team to win a championship? And what I would argue, in spite of Mike McCarthy. Now, Mike McCarthy is great when it comes to X's and O's in play design, but that was never the question coming into the season. The question was, would he be able to take on the play-calling duties and also wear the hat of being a head coach and managing the game? And last night, I, I can't say he did a great job of that. I mean, they were 4-8 and eight in the red zone. The first drive, they've got goal to go inside the 10. They're on their three-yard line, if I'm not mistaken, Smalls, with first down and had to settle for a field goal. Same thing happened in the last drive at the end of the first half. They, they, they had goal to go, had to settle for a field goal. I mean, at the end of the game, you get the ball back with three minutes left. Seattle doesn't have a timeout, and you can't run the clock out. And to make matters worse, on third down in the red zone on that possession, you throw a pass rather than run the football and eat up 40 seconds of play of game clock with the play clock and kick a field goal, go up six, you could be in a situation where you give the ball back to the Seahawks with less than a minute to go, and they've got to drive the length of the field. Instead, you throw an incompletion, you leave two minutes on the clock, you give them the ball back with a minute 45. That's just not smart. You know, so there are some things that happen in the games that you just can't explain other than to say it's a gaffe by the head coach, and that's what makes it hard for me to trust the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to the other championship contenders in the conference. Think about this. From a talent standpoint, with the Eagles, the 49ers, and the, and, 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 and the Dallas Cowboys, we are splitting hairs when it comes to talent. We are split. I mean, talent is all about the same. Quarterback play is all about the same. Like, they're all really, really good. Mm -hmm. So what ends up being the difference? Coaching. I mean, out of the three coaches that we're talking about with those three teams, who's the coach that you have the least confidence in? I think the easy answer is Mike McCarthy. Not for me, it's not. What are you going to say, Sirianni? He's going to say Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is proven. I love Kyle Shanahan. But he's proven in big games to be worse than any of the other two. Kyle Shanahan. How do you say that when when Kyle Shanahan beat Mike McCarthy in back to back playoff games? He blew. He was the offensive coordinator in twenty eight three, and he blew, and the Super Bowl against the 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 Chiefs, they blew a lead. I'm just saying it, it's fact. It's he didn't fa- blow. He blew a lead because Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the ball to Emmanuel Sanders wide open. He blew the lead. They blew the lead. I'm just saying, I, I don't know that any of them are the ones that you're like, oh, my God, this guy can't miss. Coach. I don't understand. I, that, that's the part I can't agree with. Like you said, I don't, I don't – Kyle Shanahan, I don't trust him in big games. And he literally, in the last big games, where the 49ers and the Cowboys with McCarthy matched up, he beat them twice. I do – hold on. Wait, wait like, a second. Like he wait beat a second. Twi- like, there's a, wait, there's a big difference between I can't trust him and, and looking at – I picked him to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. So I do have faith in him. What I'm saying is – if we are going to fairly point out Mike McCarthy's flaws, yeah. I think we also have to fairly point out that Shanahan hasn't been perfect. No coach is perfect. I Andy Reid ain't perfect. I understand, but these but are three But when we start coaches. talking about who do we trust more now based on the information we have over the last three years, if I'm power ranking the trust meter or the confidence meter in those three coaches, it's going to go probably Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, and then Mike McCarthy. Here's what's funny, and Pat Costello can chime in on this, our producer as an Eagles fan. I don't think the Eagles fan actually trusts Nick Sirianni. I think they should, but I don't think they do. 
I, I really don't think they do. Do you, Pat? You are 100% correct. There is like a nervous feeling with all Eagles fans about Nick Sirianni. I think what we've... Why? Been, I, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a nervous feeling I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just curious, Pat. Why? I... The, it's unexplainable. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. It's I, just I, I, a I, was just, I was just trying yeah. to figure out the logic because yeah. is there, right, is right there, now, is there one thing in speci- like specifically that you would point to for that? Because I know that Eagles fans feel that way. I just am wondering why as well. The history of being a Philadelphia fan leads us to believe everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> all that's, the time. that's what okay. it is. Not, okay. It's not anything okay. serious. Okay. 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 I'm about to say Fair. like if if the Eagles win this weekend, but they don't trust. No, them. listen. To, if they win this weekend. This would be the first team to go back to back eleven and one starts since the seventy two seventy three Dolphins. Like that's the the only reason Pat is saying he doesn't trust Sirianni is because the Eagles have a long history of being hurt. They they have a long history of being let down by their team and by they their coach. They won a Super Bowl a few years ago. I know, but they Not still don't. Coach, they still know, don't trust but it. What are you guys talking about? They've been like they won a Super Bowl what three years ago? I know. It's almost, they talk like it's the Jets. I mean, they talk like they're the Jets. They're I know. Like they're the Cleveland Browns or the Buffalo. You know what? Bills. I'm over the Eagles fans. Like, relax. I am over the Eagles fans. <laughs> Not trusting their coach. Really you were good. just in the Super Bowl and you have the best record in the yeah, league. Yeah, things have been going too well. Everything's <laughs> going to come crashing down. By the way, quick, looking quick for the trap door. Quick note: We talked about Dax stats and as it relates to others the more you dive into it the better it is he actually leads the league now in qbr he has surpassed brock purdy he leads the league in touchdown passes as well he has had one heck of a season doesn't mean he's gonna win in the mvp he has had one heck of a season so far we've had one heck of a season in picking games against our other espn radio shows we are closing in on maybe winning it all why jinx it why jinx it was i had to tease why Why jinx it we're on sportsmanlike on espn radio why jinx it Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you, each and every week we pick games. Yeah, whatever, that's kind of interesting. What's really interesting is going up against our teammates and trying to win and the other shows. And we're getting close. We're getting close. We're two games back of the lead. Carlin versus Joe, 24-11-2. and 
unsportsmanlike, 22-13-2, and two, tied with Freddie and Harry. Had a game night at 21-14-2. and two, 21. Amber and Ian, 15-20-2. And, and Graney, 11-24-2. and two. Oy, Hey, come on. Hey. He's tanking for Caleb Williams. Let the man live. Right. 11-24-2. <laughs> I mean, you have to try to be, to be that, that bad. Exactly. Like, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Really He's bad. tanking, right? Yeah. He's got to be tanking this oh for some reason. Oh, my gosh. That's bad. I guess he just wants to be in misery with his picks like the Jets season, right? Oh. Just losing, losing every week, week after week. And his coughs that are just awful when he came on the air the other day. You know what? We were funny, and, and then you just said that and took it too far. You took it too yeah, far. His coughs. He took it too far. No, I was, don't think it, so. We were good, and he just. Do you want to hear the coughs? They're so no, good. No, I don't want to hear oh, the coughs. they're so good. No. Greeny coughs. No. All right, we got three games this weekend. Broncos yes. at Texans is where oh, we the start. music. Here we go. The Texans music. favored by three and a half at home against Denver. Oh. See, I, I struggle when we have Joe Fortenbaugh before we make the picks because I, I go back to the stuff that he talks about. I agree. And it's just like I want to buy into the information, but I can't tell if he's doing our audience a service or trying to set us up for, for, for failure. I just I don't know. But here's what I will say. I want to pick the Houston Texans in this spot. Me I too. want to. Me too. But being in a position where you're a favorite in December, there, there's new learning that comes along with the change in the style of football around the National Football League. And that's why I, I'm going to go with the hook in the three and a half of the Denver Broncos. Here's the thing, man. Like, the Denver Broncos, D, they, they, they've had four straight games with at least three takeaways, and they've created 15 turnovers during that span. Extra possessions, field position, that's been the formula for Denver, and it's less of letting Russ cook and more of Javante Williams pounding the rock. And I think that style is something that lends itself to winning this time of year. So I like Denver. I can't believe I'm saying this because I love the Texans. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I actually like Denver in this spot with the three-and-a-half points. Texans four and two at home. I know, I know. I like Denver with the three and a half points. That 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 hook, that that half a point, to me it makes a difference. I, I mean, because think about this: even if the Texans win, I don't think it'll be a blowout. And so, if it's going to okay. be a close game, if it's going to be a, I could see it being a field goal game. In that case, we would still win because we got the hook, we got the half a point. Okay, Evan. Denver, definitely Denver. Okay. I picked Denver plus three and a half on the road. They won five games in a row. I think their quarterback will not make mistakes, and their coach is excellent. I also think the other team's co- coach is excellent, and their quarterback's really good. C.J. Stroud is a rookie. It is more likely, just based on logic, that if one quarterback makes a drastic mistake, it'll be the one that has not played in the league for a decade. That's not an insult on him. That is just a fact. That's the way that the sport goes. Which way were you? So you were leaning toward the Texans. Tell I me was. why, Smalls. Because I just have more confidence in C.J. Stroud and the way that he's been playing, it, and I have more confidence in the Texans at home. I just I know that Denver, you're right. You're right. All things also, being equal, the quarterback. All, all things being equal, the quarterback. Also, shout out to Denver for winning five consecutive games. I also feel like they're due for a loss. That's a great point. You can't stay hot that long. That's staying hot a really long time. Especially yeah. for and Russ is playing right. good you're and right. not making mistakes. I just I wonder if we're going to see that be upended. But I think we can live in a world where the Texans win and yet the Broncos still cover. I okay. think that's a possibility Okay. because okay. the Broncos play close games. Also, remember, when you're talking about a quarterback making mistakes, when they don't allow him to do the things to actually put himself in position to make mistakes, it's harder to make mistakes. Sure. The Bills allow Josh Allen to make mistakes because of the plays they call. Sean Payton has completely pared down that offense. 
in order to put Russell Wilson in a an almost impossible position to make mistakes with his already established talent and smarts that he has, even if he's not the same player that he once was. All right, next game. The game of the weekend in the NFL, the 49ers at the Eagles. Niners favored by three on the road at Philadelphia. I do feel like, guys, that Vegas is just baiting you into taking the Eagles, of course. They're, they're a home dog, and they're the best team record-wise in the league. I know. This one's so and, and, confusing. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm biting on the bait. I'm taking the bait. Like a big mouth bass, I'm all over the bait. Jalen Hurts has won 14 straight games against teams that came in with a winning record. Like, that's the longest streak since 1950, since they started tracking the damn thing. I mean, listen, the 49ers, they've won seven of their eight games by double digits, but they're one and two in one-score games. This is going to be a closely contested game, and in that situation, give me the Eagles because they're seven and one in one-score games this season. I just trust them in a big spot against a good team in a close game. They will find a way to win. Give me Philadelphia all day, every day. After the fisherman reels up Canty, it's gonna ca- he's going to cast it right back in, and I'm biting too. I know that Vegas <laughs> wins for a reason. I know that this feels like maybe this is too easy of a pick, but I'm also not going to not take it. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take Philly. Yeah, and I, I would take San Francisco if it was solely up to me, but obviously it doesn't matter. I'm overruled. I do think that San Francisco is going to win this game. I think Philly has been kind of trending for a loss. This feels like the one. Chiefs minus six at the Packers. Smalls has already said that she thinks the Packers are going to win this game. I like the Packers plus the points. I do. I do. I like the Packers plus the points. Now, I don't think the Packers are going to win. But like Joe said, I mean, the over-under for this game and point total is 42, and the home team is getting six points. Like It just feels like a spot where, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs might win, but they'll win by three. You know, it'll be that kind of situation. Now, I will say this. The Packers have taken care of the football the last two games that they've won. The previous nine games, they've got a 3-6 and six record with 12 turnovers. So that concerns me against a really good Kansas City D. And Spags is going to confuse Jordan Love to some degree, pre-snap with the looks that he's going to present. But I still believe in the way that Jordan Love and this Packers team is playing. But I also believe in how the Packers D has been playing, a sneaky underrated part of this recent turnaround mm-hmm. over the last four games. So I'll take the Packers in the points. Thank you, please. I like the Packers, too. I like the, I said it earlier in the show. I like the Packers. I like the points. I think we go with Green Bay. Let me tell you what's going to happen here, ladies and gentlemen, even though I've already overruled. Kansas City's going to blow out Green Bay this weekend by 10 points or more. We're going to forget about Green Bay as a playoff contender for a week and a half. They're going to beat the Giants on Monday Night Football coming up, and then they're going to beat the Bucks. And then we're going to realize, wait a minute, the Packers are right back in it as a playoff contender. They then have the Panthers on the road, and that game at the Vikings on New Year's Eve on Sunday Night Football is going to be a game, or I think it's on whatever New Year's Eve is. I don't know what day of the week it is, but whatever that is, then we're going to be right back in as, oh, wow, that's a big game. That's a playoff seeding or playoff spot game. Packers get blown out. We forget they exist. Two weeks from now, we have the same conversation we had this week about the Packers then. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm Smalls. I hate to do it. I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm flipping. I'm I'm flipping. I'm floundering. Like I mean, the the fishermen reeled me in, and I'm flopping on the deck. Like that's what's happening right now. Because Ev can't be wrong about both of them. 
And I got to make can't. a decision. He's not going to be wrong about both the Eagles 49ers, and he's not going to be wrong about the Chiefs. I very well could be. No, I I, be no he's not going to be wrong about both of them. Listen, I, is, guys, I, I told you, he is the rain man of sports radio. He's not going to be wrong about both okay, of them. Okay, okay. So, so we've got to figure out which one do we think he has a better chance of being right about. Kansas City blowing out Green Bay or the 49ers covering the three points in Philadelphia? Let me just say this. Let okay. me just say this, okay, Smalls. Okay, okay, okay. I know how CC works now. Okay, I see the way his brain works. What he what what hooked him in just now was the the multi week storyline I gave him. That's what if I just said I think Kansas City's going to blow him out, he wouldn't have been in. Yeah. But when I gave him the multi week storyline of well, if Kansas City blows out the Packers, we're not talking about the Packers next week. We go back into Kansas City, but then their schedule is so weak that they come back to the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. We're taking the Chiefs and we're laying the six. <laughs> He's right. He's right. Vegas wants us to take the Packers in the six. We're not doing it. No. Nope. We're taking the Chiefs. We're laying the six. We're doing it. And you could also still say, Smalls, the Packers are good. The Packers are going to end up being good. This okay. game, this is the one. Didn't we do something this week, real or fake playoff chances? Yeah. Playoff chances? And we all said, like, we, we, we said with the Packers, postpone the conversation. Yeah. Because we can't, like, they're playing the Chiefs. But then look at what they're doing. Listen, I'm telling you. I am not going to argue with you guys if you want to take the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> However, if we come in Monday and the Packers have won the game. Vito. Vito. Yeah. Tommy DeVito? Wait Demi, a minute. I don't, I don't, I don't want, wait, CeCe, make this decision right now. I don't want this held against me because I. It will I, be. No, because I started it by saying, you I know I'm me. over. Hold on, hold on. You convinced me. But I started by saying I was and if, we're, and if we're wrong, you want me to not hold it against you? Correct. No. I can't agree so with that. So this is an, e- this is an Evco can't win game is exactly. what it is. Exactly. You're like the Dallas Cowboys now. <laughs> I feel badly for me, too. Oh, we have our unsportsmanlike moment of the day coming up. But first, CeCe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is time for the Unsportsmanlike moment of the day here on Unsportsmanlike. With Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, it's uh, your song, Evan. What? It's your song. Oh, this is the Jack Harlow song? Yeah. Oh, but you barely can hear it. Yeah, like I like it with the words. We'll, we'll do the uh, now that we have Rob Did in the mix. Did you know this real quick? Unsportsmanlike moment of the day nominee: the makeup room is calling Evan Vanilla Baby because he likes the Jack oh, Harlow song, yeah. and he starts it out saying, "I'm Vanilla Baby." Yeah, yeah. That's not why they call me that. They just think I'm cool. Mm. Is that why? <laughs> 
I can't even say that with I, a straight I, face. I'm gonna hit you with the no comment on that. <laughs> I can't no even comment. say it with a straight face. But no we're gonna have to do comment. we're gonna have to do a remix of that on uh, on TikTok or Instagram or something. Now that Rob is in the mix on our digital side and social, we're gonna have some of that. Okay. So we're gonna get All that right. going. I don't know that you're gonna want to be a part of it, CC. Uh, I don't think Smalls wants to be a part of it. I think I'll be alone on that one. But Solo anyway, uh, okay. I love as you two know. And our producing team knows. I love when there's surprises on the air, when things happen out of nowhere where we don't know what's coming. Not everybody loves that all the time. Um, this is something i got to be honest. I have no idea what's about to happen here because all I was told was that there's a moment today from Get Up on ESPN with Chris Canty that we have to see and hear. Let's, well, it's just here. Let's <laughs> hear. Okay, go ahead. So I was walking by the TV, and I saw our good buddy Canty on at the very end of his Get Up segment, and I'm listening as Greeny begins to wrap the segment up, and I got incredibly frustrated with Chris Canty when this happened. I have to let Chris go. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Right in the red zone. They're four of eight in the red zone yesterday. That's 50%. This argument will That's That's good. That's high in the red zone. Here's why that's He's promoting the show and you interrupt him? You cut him off (laughs) mid-promo. Why are you anti-promoting the show? I was arguing with Bart Scott and Dan Graziano, and they were ticking me off because they were talking about how the red zone issues last night are not really emblematic of this Cowboys team of recent and that it was a September argument. To that point, I said, it's easy to be efficient in the red zone when you're beating up on tomato cans like the Carolina Panthers or the New York Giants. And those are the teams that Dan Graziano was referencing in the four-game stretch where the Cowboys were 15-22 in the red zone. Yeah, the Giants, candy. the Panthers, Commanders, and Seahawks. I, that's, that's what great. I got, I that's got a, caught up in That's an amazing point. You cut off the promo on Get Up to your own show. But listen, the promo was under my picture when I'm doing my thing. Yeah, but it's different. It's 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 there. It's It's totally different. And it wasn't just me. Why is it just me? Why can't we? Because we can't blame other people. We can't blame Bart Scott. We can't blame Graziano. Play it it again and we'll tell you why it's just you. Listen. I have to let Chris go. Unsportsmanlike ESPN radio. Right in the red zone. They're four oh in the red zone. That's what he did. He couldn't get out radio. He probably would have given the time. And by the way, CeCe, you can't say, well, it's underneath me on the screen. Yes, I get it. But you, we all know that the endorsement on radio, the verbal and audio endorsement is so valuable. It's a TV show. It's a TV show, bud. But it's the, audio. The, the, but no, the, we had it's a not greenie. an endorsement. Or, it's literally on TV. We had Greeny <laughs> endorsing <laughs> Unsportsmanlike. It's a visual medium. Yeah, it's exactly. Greenie, right. It's Greeny doing it. We had the top of the top. We had the top of the food chain. Pat is right on this. The top of the food chain in Mike Greenberg was endorsing Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And Chris Canty, one of the three hosts of Unsportsmanlike, cut him off. (laughs) Said, hold on, Greeny. Forget that crap. Let me tell you something about the Dallas Cowboys red zone efficiency. I mean, Nuno, would you like to weigh in on this? Yeah, just bad job by you, man. Oh. At the end of the day, bad, bad job, bad teammate. Listen. Wow. Okay, you went too far. You could have just said the hate out. Yeah, you should have I got lost in the moment. I apologize. Oh, man. I got lost in the moment like Canty did. I just got lost in the moment. I apologize. Do you want to hear how the, how the next, like, 10 seconds of that sounded, yes, by the way? Yes, sure. Here's how it sounded. Hi, the red zone. In the meantime. At least the league. Guys, I have something very important to say. I apologize. ESPN bet. 
Oh, and then he goes on to ESPN plug bet. ESPN. He had bet. a new endorsement of something else. He couldn't get them to stop yelling at each other. So we had first take on Get Up this morning. Nice. That's what happened. All right. Okay. I thought that when Greeny said, I have to get back to, I have something important to say, it was going to be unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike. No, Smalls. Smalls, don't put that on Greeny. No, don't but put I'm that saying that's Greeny. what I expected. Yeah. So we did lose our shot there of our promotion. Yeah. All right. Well, there's uh, unsportsmanlike moment one. Unsportsmanlike moment two is, speaking of first take, Shannon Sharp is, of course, on first take. And I guess it was revealed by Shannon Sharp that he brushes his teeth seven to ten times a day. What? Now I'm now I'm searching for pictures of Shannon Sharp. He has great teeth, but seven to ten times a day it feels a little much. Obsessive compulsive. I'm an over shower, not but I I think I brush my teeth in normal. Like I brush I shower. What's, what is an over shower? Showering a couple times a day is that over shower? At least three every day. At least three showers. So here's what it is. Okay. Oh my God, we're about to experience uh, right, a drought, right? Like a water like, shortage. Uh, yeah, do you, here's what it is. Uh, between I shower. Hitch and brushing his teeth and have a shower three times. Excessive water. No water in America New York anymore. City, the tri-state area has a drought. Oh, so here's man. my shower schedule. If you'd like to know, because no, I know you were no, asking. No, nobody asked about it. Uh, Smalls did. Um, so here's what it is. When I wake Did up I? in the morning, <laughs> I don't think so. When, the, when I wake up in the morning, I shower before I come here, obviously. Then during the day, I'll do my workout. Then I shower after that, and I have to shower before I go to sleep. See, that's weird. If what? you've already showered after you work out, why do you need a before-bed shower? I, f- I don't feel comfortable getting in bed without showering. I need to shower before I go to sleep. That's like a two-second rinse-off kind let me, of thing. Let me ask you a question. Like, after you work out and then shower, are you then leaving the house again? Yeah, yeah. There okay, so yeah, I agree with that. Like, so if you leave the house and yeah. come back, you have to shower again. Kid stuff, errands. That's a, that's a rule. Like, if you leave what? the house, if you go outside of the house— and you come back, you have to shower again. Spoken like two guys who don't have to blow dry their hair. That's a great point. No, we don't. <laughs> but by point. the way, that's what I'm saying. God, you think way, that neither do you. You have people that do that for you now. Yes, I do. <laughs> she's got. <laughs> oh, I'm she's just got saying. People. I'm just saying. Only Monday people. through Friday. But I don't understand brushing your teeth seven times a day. Who has time for that? I don't like. I literally don't have time. Seven times you gonna brush your teeth? He's very. You stop thorough. what I'm doing. Floss, gargle, brush my teeth. Like that's a lot. We should do the same. That is Shana a Shana lot. Like I get it. So, so twice, twice a day, absolutely. That's ta- that's table stakes. Maybe three times, depending on what you have for lunch or dinner. Correct. But seven times, seven. I think I'm I'm in the three range. Greeny yeah. coming up it's next. We are on to Monday. Enjoy an unbelievable football weekend. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.